Welcome to Junior L's and Now What? Interlude episode 24.3, Ultimate episode 53. It's been a while since I've recorded, and my anticipation is that I'm going to get back into a regular routine of recording more often. And so because it's been a long week and weekend already, uh, I'm only recording one this weekend. So hopefully next weekend I'll start getting back into the routine of recording two a week. We will see. Having said all of that, because this is an interlude episode, I'm going to try to keep it relatively lighthearted. I'll start off with a couple of just really random things that I have learned and or read and then dive into some uh, entertainment stuff, TV shows and movies that we've been getting into lately that I think could be enjoyable for any of the listeners. So the first thing I'm going to start off with is uh, I just recently read, for as much as I'm into astronomy, I'm shocked that I haven't heard about this, that uh, we have what people are lovingly referring to as a mini-moon orbiting the Earth right now. So I started digging into it. There is an object. Now, they're not sure if it's an asteroid, comet, or, for all we know, a rogue satellite that is erratically orbiting the Earth. It's called 2020 CD3. It was discovered back in mid-February, and they're thinking it's the size of like maybe a van or something, but I guess it's not reflecting light very well, so it's really hard to see. They think it's been erratically orbiting the Earth since like late 2017, so it's been out there for a while. Um, from what I've been able to gather about it is it orbits the Sun on basically the same orbit as the Earth. It's just that it's slightly past Earth in its orbit, but because of the gravitational pull of the Earth and the Moon, Every once in a while, as we cross paths, it gets pulled into our orbit and actually orbits erratically around us and the moon, and then eventually gets ejected back out into its own respective orbit again, uh, coming back around every, I think, 30 years or something. So uh, as far as everything I've read, you know, no fear, no terror, no nothing, but I found that kind of interesting. Uh, one of the definitions of planet that they came up with when they decided to demote Pluto was that an object had to, A, orbit the sun, uh, B, have a strong enough mass and gravitational force to evolve itself into a more or less orb shape, and then three, it had to be strong enough in its own mass and gravity to clear the space around it, meaning there shouldn't be objects zooming in at and around that object other than the ones that are in stable gravity, which is part of the, the reason why Pluto was demoted, is there's lots of objects in the space around it. Whereas if you looked at like Jupiter or Neptune or even us, other than the stable moons, uh, there might be Trojans, uh, meaning objects that are in our same orbit around the sun, but a certain distance, they call them Lagrange points, either in front of or behind us. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Earth actually has an object that I'm pretty sure we're following. It's in one of our Lagrange points. Yeah, we'll, we'll never catch up to it. It will never catch up to us. I don't even know how big it is. But uh, just kind of one of those random things. Well, to me, this says that the Earth obviously shouldn't meet the standard, I would say, because we have a couple of objects that are so close to our own orbit that they occasionally just randomly decide they're going to tag along for a little while before they kick back out into space again. And I guess in recorded history, this is not the first time. Back around, I want to say, 10 years or so ago, we had another object that did the same thing for about a year I'm not sure how big this one was. It's called 2006RH. Um, there's a 120 suffix on the end of it. I'm not sure if that's relevant to the name or not. But anyways, just random tidbit of information for you in case you were curious. And though this is not going to ultimately cause our demise, I suspect. 
All right. Uh, one of the things that I want to dig into again is we've had lots, since it's been so long since I've recorded, lots of scripture studies and spiritual discussions and stuff. Okay, so this is in 2 Nephi chapter 10, verse 24. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, reconcile yourself to the will of God and not to the will of the devil and the flesh. It continues on from there. But the reason why I mention this is the term reconcile. And reconcile is actually a really cool word from the standpoint of its, its definition and as it pertains to uh, this, um, this passage. One of the definitions of reconcile is cause to coexist in harmony, make or show to be compatible, uh, make one consistent with another, especially by allowing for transactions begun but not yet completed, and so on and so forth. One of the Latin breakdowns of the term reconciliation is to uh, conciliare, which means to bring together. I, I mentioned all this because for us to become better and more than we are, we need to reconcile ourselves to God, who's you know the ultimate being out there. And so uh, anyways, this was just kind of another one of those uh, ammunitions for at least me personally to say, hey, shape up. <laughs> so anyhow, there's the, the scripture study for this uh this particular podcast. All right. So um, on a slightly lighter topic, as I've been mentioning multiple times, I've been watching a lot of the Babylon 5 series, which was a sci-fi show from back in the 90s. I've quoted, I believe in my last series of podcasts, a number of quotes from the show. Most of them are rather thought-provoking, I thought. Um, there's certainly a lot more hilarious and, and comical ones. It show that it doesn't take itself overly seriously. However, one of the things in this mortality that I find that we often struggle with is the idea of forgiveness. Now, that can be forgiving others. That can be forgiving ourselves. And there was an episode that I watched not too uh, far in the past, fairly recently. It was in season three, episode four, and it's called Passing Through Gethsemane. And... It was truly inspirational, I felt, because it viewed forgiveness in lots of different perspectives, not one or two, the giver, the receiver, the, the victim, the culprit, all of the above. It, it went a lot deeper than that and definitely viewed it from the standpoint of a person who truly, genuinely wanted to dig themselves into the bowels of forgiveness and truly see if they could do what it took to be forgiven. It was a fantastic episode. So I would highly encourage you, if you're in a situation in life and you're just like, I'm really, really struggling because either I did or something was done to me and forgiveness is necessary for me to move on. I really thought this episode was quite enlightening from that standpoint. So again, season three, episode four, Passing Through Gethsemane. All right, so uh, let's move on to some of the TV shows and movies that we've been watching as a family. Just kind of a quick share on that. And then um, a couple of top five items. So the uh, the show, I believe it's called Lego Masters. I think it's on Fox. But either way, we're watching it through Amazon Prime. Um, so we get the new episodes, I think, on Thursdays. It's amazing for those of you that are into Legos. It's very, very cool. Because you get to see these people who are, I mean, geniuses when it comes to their creative and um, practical application potential. These people do awesome things. And, uh, and then they do fun things at the end. Each episode's different themed. Uh, I would hardly encourage you to get into it. It's, it's actually been really fun. Another one that uh, we've been watching, and we actually just finished it. I've mentioned it before, is Gravity Falls. It's currently on Disney+. Plus. 
Uh, it ran just two seasons, plus they did a little uh, mini-series of episodes called uh, Gravity Falls Shorts. They're only a few minutes long. And uh, for me, it was a great show because there's certainly some thought-provoking elements to it. The guy who wrote the show was very much into you know riddles, conspiracy theories, and a variety of other things. So there's a lot of those elements in it. Um, it's animated, so some of you are very much, oh, it's animated, I won't watch it. But it's a lot of fun from that standpoint. In the show, uh, I wanted to do my top five based off of some of the quotes from the show that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, in no particular order. Um, so I, I, I am going to mention a couple of characters just so that you know the context of who they are. There are some fraternal twins that are the main characters of the show, a brother and a sister. The brother's uh, name, or at least nickname in the show, is um, uh, Dipper, like Big Dipper, Dipper. And then his sister is Mabel. There's kind of like the handyman of the show. His name is Zeus. And then uh, the main other male character of the show, he's the person the twins are staying with. They call him Grunkle Stan. He's their great uncle Stan. So all of the quotes I believe that I have evolve around some of those, uh, those characters. So in season one, episode one, which is called Tourist Trap, uh, Zeus is talking to one of the characters as they're rushing off. And he's handing this character, the character is, is uh, Dipper, and this is what he says. This is for the zombies, as he hands him a shovel. And this is in case you see a pinata, as he hands him a bat. Just totally random. Very hilarious. Obviously, my quoting it isn't going to give it the humor, but the show, very funny. Another episode in season one, it's called The Deep End. So they're about to go as a, as a family to the local pool. And Grunkle Stan says, nothing like sitting in a moist tub with strangers. It's like the bus, but wet. Again, really funny. And then in season two, episode one, it's called Skariochi. This is a conversation happening between uh, Mabel and Dipper, the brother and sisters. Dipper, what's the one thing I asked you not to do tonight? Raise the dead. And what did you do? Raise the dead. And then the final quote from the core show is also in season two, episode nine, called The Love God. And uh, Mabel is trying to uh, set one of the minor characters up. And he's, she's trying to figure out you know, who would be the right person. So she creates this little mini version of the village and mini version of all the different characters. There's a lot of mythical creatures in this. Some I've heard of, some I have not. And one of the creatures is called the multi-bear, which is just this giant bear with like nine heads in very bizarre locations, extremely impractical. Anyway, she's trying to figure out who to set this person up with. And she picks up the multi-bear and goes, multi-bear, hmm, I'm putting you in the maybe pile, which is just kind of silly and random. And then the last one, which will segue off into the rest of the, this episode's content, is from the shorts. This is the last episode of the shorts, episode 17, called Mabel's Scrapbook Heist Movie. And so Dipper is relaying this big plan about how they're going to do something. They're basically sneaking into a theater. And this is what he says. If all goes according to plan, we should arrive in the theater in exactly the amount of time it takes for the previews to end, 43 minutes, which I thought was extremely comical because this weekend... We did something we don't do very often, and we saw two movies, one on Friday and one on Saturday. 
And having sat through the movies recently like that, uh, I didn't realize how bloody long the previews were. And now they're putting in all these ads and other random stuff. It does feel like it takes forever for the movie to start. All right, so those are my top five uh, Gravity 5 quotes. I obviously wanted not to share the funniest of them, so if you got a chance to dig into it, I didn't ruin much or anything for you. I just wanted to give you a taste of what it was like. So this weekend, we went and saw a uh, movie that was released against one of our favorite animes called My Hero Academia, and um, I don't actually remember the subtext of this movie, but anyways, it just came out this weekend here in America, and uh, I'm going to segue off a little bit from that standpoint. The movie was fun. I actually think they did a very good job uh, with the movie. Great visuals, fun music, great character development. Kind of the the whole show is very much, you know, the underdog story, you know, rise above the evil and become better than who and what you are. Uh, but I have to share something about the theater itself. So when my wife and I were engaged, so this was 18 plus years ago, we, uh, uh, I, I'm a huge Lord of, the fan, Lord of the Rings junkie. I have been forever. And Fellowship of the Rings had just barely come out in the theaters, and I desperately wanted to see it. So I thought, hey, this is a great opportunity for me to take my, in, you know, my fiance and her parents out to go do something. So we went to this theater, which I'm not sure that I'd ever been to up to this point. And this is in uh, the downtown uh, Salt Lake City area. Now, for those of you who know me or have listened to me talk, I am not a city person. I have social claustrophobia, lots of anxiety. I do not like cities. Um, I feel very weirded out. And so, anyways, we went to this theater, and uh, we went in and we met them at the theater. So my my uh, fiance and I at the time, my wife now, uh, drove her car. And this was one of the very first times she let me drive, which I thought was quite the honor. And for those of you who know me, I'm also very paranoid and I am like an anal, like I will lock the door, lock the door, lock the door. Well, this particular occasion, I forgot to lock the door, you know, 18 plus years ago. And so we go and we see the movie, we come back out and somebody, crime of opportunity, must have just walked around, pulled the doorknobs that were open and eventually found my fiance's car and gutted the entire car of everything that was loose. Empty the mailbox or the glove box, everything in the back seat, the whole shebang. So to say the least. That was a really bad experience. The movie was great. The, the experience as a whole was crappy. On a side note, my uh, in-laws, I guess, didn't know much about Lord of the Rings. They didn't realize Fellowship of the Rings was just the first part of the trilogy. So they were expecting something being to end, which they obviously didn't get. This past weekend, we go to see My Hero Academia, this movie. Well, anime like this isn't popular enough for all the theaters to be airing it or showing it. And so we had to kind of be picky about where we went. For uh, an anime, one of the other things is there's some pretty hardcore, I will watch anime in Japanese in the original language so I don't lose anything, and then they read the subtext. Or the really cool ones, actually, they're Japanese. I am not one of those people. I'm far too visual. I can't read the text and watch at the same time, so I listen to it dubbed. And so we decided to try to find a theater that had it dubbed. So we finally boiled it down. We found one. It ironically turned out to be the same place that that stuff had been stolen out of my wife's car 18 plus years ago. So we drive the family down there and uh, we pull up and it's this part of town. I still feel creeped out, whatever. We go into the theater. The theater has been quite significantly renovated since we had been there 18 plus years ago. And so from that standpoint, it was kind of pleasant. Went in there, kind of, yeah, I can, this is, this is going to turn out pretty good. So we go in to find our seats. 
We were there just early enough so that no one had yet arrived to take their seats yet. And I don't want to be too graphic, but we walk over to the aisle that we're supposed to be sitting down on. And um, there was an object on the seat that, um, well, it was disgusting. And the, um, there was other stuff all over the seats beyond the object that was equally as disgusting. And so my wife looks at me and she's like, um, you either need to have somebody clean this up immediately or we're leaving now. So I go out and I meet with you know somebody out there and I'm like, um, this is gonna be really embarrassing, but there's such and such sitting on the seats on the row we're supposed to be sitting on. I'd love it if somebody came and cleaned it up. And I'll be honest with you, they were super nice. They came, did a good job. And I will never go there again for the rest of my life because having said all of that, two bad experiences at the same theater, but the movie was great. So woohoo, go movie. Anyways, awkward, weird. And then the last movie that uh, we saw this weekend on Saturday was the new Sonic movie. Um, I think I liked the live action Pikachu movie better, but not so much from the standpoint of this was done poorly. I actually liked the, the graphics they did, the uh, animation changes they did to the Sonic. Jim Carrey was hilarious as the villain. So all in all, uh, it was an interesting, somewhat bizarre to some extent, and ugh, experience for a weekend. But uh, Sonic movie, good. My Hero Academia movie, good. All around, good stuff. And to end, uh, smile, be happy, have a great weekend. And uh, as Garfield says, if people were meant to pop out of bed, we all be toasters.